I left my family. I left my kids. I left my nightclubs, my parking company, $35 million to fight the fight. And both families, Gambino and the Bonanno family, Joe Messina, the boss of the Bonanno family, I helped him against the guys who were ratting against him. He turned state evidence into worldwide. His underboss, Sal Vitale, came in and he ratted. The captain, Frankie Copa, he ratted. And alongside them, there was other guys in their family that ratted. Along with my family, the boss, John Gotti Jr., he ratted. Ronnie Warnham, you have the opening statement. He ratted. He said that I would kill him if he wasn't nice to me. After I tried to help him beat the case. Mikey Scars, DeLonardo, John Gotti Jr.'s right-hand man. He ratted. Greg De Palma, another one of John Guy's made guys. He ratted. Fat Dom, another one of his made guys. He ratted. Mikey Scars had Joe, little Joey D'Angelo and John Jr. had him rat because they turned on him. He had nowhere to go. Another guy, Mikey Scars' brother, well, they, they buried him. So he had a flip. He had to come in. And I won't use the word rat for these guys because these guys were left in no man's land by all the captains, made guys giving these guys up one at a time. Welcome everyone to uh, to another episode of the podcast. To my right is John A. Light, star of the show. Uh, I'm Felix Savine, and uh, quick housekeeping as always. You are looking at it straight in front of you. It is Walter. Actually, will you just hit that other angle so you can even see it I'm a little bit closer. Off the there you go. You can even see it closer right there. Um, that's oh. John's new book. Or oh, do we have to angle it a little? Let's see. Hopefully, you can see it like that. Uh, the light is on it. Uh, that's John's new book, Mafia International. Uh, a bunch of people have pre-ordered. I believe that those pre-orders have uh, started to ship already. Some people have gotten them. Some people will continue to get them. If you've already ordered, if you've already ordered the book, it is coming. So don't worry about that. Um, and if you're interested in buying it, JohnnyLate.com. We're selling regular copies. If you want a signed and customized copy, we can uh, we can make that happen for you as well. On JohnnyLate.com, there's also all the other merchandise, uh, custom signed bats, um, photos that should be up there shortly. Um, we'll have different tiers of photo packages. So um, if you want some of those, those will be pretty cool. Um, check that out. And then, uh, as always, you know, we talk about it every episode. The Patreon is really important. Um, that's where we're really trying to, to build and kind of grow our uh, Patreon community, family, how, however you want to. To view that, everything goes up there early. Bonus content. Um, the live caller Q&As have been really fun. Uh, this last one, we, you know, we try to spend a good amount of time every month uh, and talk to you guys and not uh, never cut you off and, you know, let you ask as many questions as you want. So uh, get in on those. Uh, join the Patreon. Become a part of the Patreon and you'll be able to call in, talk to John, ask him questions. Uh, and it's been pretty cool to kind of grow uh, legitimate relationships with uh, some of these people who are really great people from all over the country, uh, nurses, veterans, um, engineers, electricians. And and the reason why we like the Patreon is just to, because we, we want to use it as a support group for people that are in trouble, Just not just for ourselves and for our show, but for each person that calls, the next person's listening to your personal story. It doesn't have to be just questions about ourselves. 
It could be things that you went through that you want to share with us so other people hear it. And, and we become a, a group that are supporting each other and, uh, and become like one family and, in a good way that, that, you know, some of the struggles through life that all of us go through, and whether it's jail, drugs, drinking, uh, personal problems, wife, domestic, we don't care what it is. And it, it doesn't, this doesn't have to be about us only. It could be about you guys. And, you know, I really appreciate some of the call-ins that we had in the last couple of months. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, just people that I'm thinking off the top of my head, people like uh, Richard Anderson, shout out to him, who's always uh, calling and messaging. And he's had, uh, he, and he, I think he works in, in Detroit in a hospital. So he does a lot of really great work, uh, you know, that pe people like that we need in the world. So shout out to him. And, you know, there's so many others that support us um, and have supported us for almost, I think, the Patreon's been around for about eight to ten months now. Um, but you know, just supporters of the show for a while. So again, check that out. Um, I think subscriptions start as low as $8 a month. Um, and there are different tiers, but again, you can cancel anytime. So if you're not happy or if you subscribe and you, and you say, uh, or you think that there are different ways in which we can improve segments you want to hear ways we can interact with you more. Uh, we are of course always open and willing and we want to, to kind of grow that and, uh, and get to know you guys better. So please, Feel free to try that out. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. I'll help answer those. And then uh, I think that's it for all the housekeeping stuff. But today, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things we talk about off air. But one of them that that I was really curious about that we haven't really covered on much of the shows is is some of the traveling. Obviously, people know you were on the run. Uh, you went to a lot of these different countries. But specifically, like what were maybe your favorite countries you went to and over the course of maybe being on the run. Yeah. While you were on the run, how many different countries do you think you hit, um, over, it was about five years. Uh, no, I went on a run for about a year and oh. a little over a year and a half okay. and uh, about a year and a half, I guess. And then I went to prison for uh, two years and close to eight months. Right. You weren't in two years, the seven US, months yeah, in yeah. Brazil, but the con let's say with the countries, cause you know, we always joke around and ask. And I think, one of my countries I went to was uh, Cuba, and I lived in Miramar, for the people that don't know Cuba. And uh, I used to live not far from the aquarium. And with all the stuff that's going on with the Cuban people now, my support for them, my love for them, I have a lot of friends there. Uh, I know you're fighting for your freedom, and uh, hopefully, God willing, that you guys get your freedom. And you, you, they're very family-oriented people in Cuba. I mean, the Cuban people are fantastic i gotta tell you i got so much support out of cuba when i went there it was incredible any favorite stories from uh from your time in cuba oh my cuba there was a there was a good friend of mine a girl that i was dating kenya from cuba she ended up moving to italy if she somehow sees this uh she was a great girl her family was and and i wish her well and it's been so many years but there was some funny you know cuban uh, stories and Castro was going by one time on a, on, on a couple. He used to do a talk. So that year had to be 2003. I didn't know who it was, and there was flying through the like main right behind you. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, and, yeah. And I went to step in the street, and a guy's going like this to me, you know, like to get on the thing. And yeah. there's military police with machine guns on every corner. It's pretty safe in Cuba, by the way. So I'm like, what the hell is this guy going like this? What is Jin for? <laughs> so that meant they used to do that for Castro. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and he stopped and he was, they were doing a, a you know, some sort of, you know, presidential or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. Are they called president, dictator, whatever they call him. And in, in the street. So it was kind of funny. I mean, and, he was definitely a dictator. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know he's a dictator. <laughs> I don't know if they use yeah, the terminology. I don't know. 
But anyway, it's probably a ceremony. So, so that, and then I, and then I, I walk past, you know, uh, the uh, military base, and you're not allowed on that side of the oh. sidewalk. Boy, they came at me right. from everywhere, <laughs> and I was with my friend Gaston that lives there, and he was like, "You idiot! What are you doing? Get back over here!" You know, so you know, some funny stories actually. But let's see, I went to Cuba from Cayman Islands. It's like a 45 minute flight. You ever have any money in the Cayman Islands? Yeah, I had money there. Really? Why are you trying to find it? <laughs> it's still there? <laughs> no, my friend Ryan and Whitey, I used to live in their family's hotel. If it's still there, we and, should go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I got to say hello to them too. I, I, I always wish that these people still, because these are people that really looked out for me. Yeah. Whitey was from Jamaica. That's his girlfriend. And Ryan, I don't know if they got married by now. They were going to get married. And we used to hang out all day and, you know. And people that, you know, really good people, the mother and father and everybody. And uh, he lost the sister right before I got there. And, he, you know, but they're great people. So I went from Cayman to, to Cuba. I was in Jamaica from Cayman. And I had a friend, Debbie, that's uh, grandmother was in Jamaica. So we used to shoot back and forth from, and I met her at my nightclub, uh, Debbie. Uh, and uh, so we'd go back and forth from Jamaica to the Cayman. I went to St. Lucia originally. Uh, I was in Panama, and then I was in Colombia. I lived in Barranquilla, but then I moved around to Santa, uh, Santa Marta, Cartagena, San Andreas, uh, uh, Cali. Uh, so I was all over. So who are, you, who are you with when you're going all over? Colombia? I was fighting, so I was with a lot of boxes and stuff okay. that would so this travel. Is, and, that. and this is part of when you're on the run? or It's all when I'm on the run. And you're with boxers? Well, I was fighting at a gym. Actually, I was on a cable TV channel. They, they caught me in the ring. And then I had to take off. And the girl that worked the front desk uh. in the hotel I was staying at, her name was Izzy. And there was a back door out. She called me and said, immigration, just come and look for <laughs> oh, me. Shit. So I took off. And the, they helped me, uh, the guys that I knew from involved with the cartel, they helped drive me to Venezuela. I went to an army base in Venezuela. So they kept me there for a while, but I was getting antsy there. There wasn't much to do. And. You ever so, meet any of like the people close to Escobar? Uh, I knew a guy that actually was. You never met Escobar though. No, 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 I didn't meet Escobar. Okay. But I knew guys That's that sick. were actually plotting to kill Escobar. Really? Yeah, he, he was in jail with me. He, he ended up being. Uh, Is that why he was in jail? I don't know. No, he was in jail for drugs and uh, MS-13 guy. Oh, yeah. And the, the, he was his father was very military. So his father and his uncle, and, and and actually at first when he told me, I was like, God, he showed me the paperwork. I go, well, he ain't bullshit. And uh, he was from California. He ended up going to California. And then he, he got jammed up. So. Wow. And uh, so his father and uncle were high-ranking members of the military. But the, they had plans on killing him. And they had, they had this uh, air force, uh, not a landing base that, that Escobar was using. So in Salvador and other areas. But... Uh, from there, I went to, let's see, I went to Belgium, I went to Paris, I went to Albania, Italy, France, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay, obviously Brazil, uh, um, Denmark, Germany, uh, Switzerland. Um, so I went to a lot of countries. Your I favorite? was all over the place. Your favorite? You got to say France. Oh, Paris was great. But you know what the problem was? I spoke Portuguese a little bit, right? Well, I learned. But when I was in France, I didn't really speak that well. I spoke Spanish. And, you know, Portuguese later on. So, you know, the French language is a little difficult. Oh, yeah. And, yeah speak it. I know. See, so you are smarter than you look. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I love uh, France, though. Yeah. You know, obviously. And I went back a couple times since then. Uh, and then I'm trying to think what other countries. I went to Amsterdam. 
Uh, Amsterdam, obviously, was great. Spain, Barcelona, I lived in. I went to Morocco just for one day, uh, which I want to go back to. So you would just kind of go, like, quickly around to just stay? Just say hi to everybody and visit. <laughs> no, I was setting up apartments and setting up friends and situations of people I knew. And but the reason you were going in so many places was to just kind of keep low and not... Well, you, when you're on a run like that, yeah, you got to yeah. keep moving. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up getting my hands on about eight passports that I got yeah, caught I remember with. remember you told me that. And Klaus had people that were... that Klaus was in jail with me in Brazil and... He had people that were helping me from Spain. And so these guys were all moving around and they gave me people and contacts in different countries in Europe. And then I'd go see them. I'd set something up. So when I did leave one country, I'd have somewhere to go to in another country. And, you know, and it became, uh, you know, a chess move of the, the worst thing you do is get comfortable. And I did that in Brazil. Really? Yeah. I got comfortable and that's how I got caught. I was going to Argentina. I wonder where, I wonder where you got comfortable. Oh, <laughs> my God. Brazil's beautiful woman and beaches. And and I went to Argentina, actually. I set up an yeah. apartment in Argentina. I was there back and forth. When you say set up times. an apartment, what do you mean by that? I got a girl that knew me that introduced me to another girl. And they, they told me to go over to Argentina. I gave them a couple of bucks. Okay. And they had an apartment where I would okay. rent a room and with them. And you stay there for about how long? Well, I just set it up, so I was going to move there right before they caught me in Brazil. But I went to Argentina twice. I went to Falls or Iguazu. It's kind of like uh, Niagara Falls, but nice. It's big. And it's on the border of Uruguay, Paraguay, Brazil, and yeah. Argentina. So I was there, and actually I filmed a lot of, uh, you know, the waterfalls. And, you know, so I kind of sightseed <laughs> while I was doing this. And I had a cousin that Were lived in Were you stressed, though, like the whole time? Yeah, I mean, it's stressful being I mean, on yeah. the run because everybody that's, you know, you're looking at, you're thinking is Interpol or, an, you know, that's trying to get you. Fuck. So you're never really comfortable. You're always strapped? Yeah, you're always, you know, I got, you know, obviously when I'm in these countries, I got some hooks too. So, and I end up getting more hooks from people I know. And, you know, and the commander Vimela was very big in Brazil and I had some hooks with them through another guy, uh, a black guy that lived in the same building as me. We got friendly. I didn't know him at first. And his name was Johnny also. And he hooked me up with guys. And later on, it actually helped me through prison and stuff. Wow. So, yeah. And so, okay, but if you had to live in another country these days, where would you go? I mean, Brazil was such a great country. You know, I'm going to tell you why. There's a lot of poverty. But you have beautiful You're, beaches. Yeah. Beautiful women. You are shopping like crazy. It's not what people think. The, the food is delicious. Yeah. Seafood and fruits and, and, and all that stuff yeah. is great. And I went back to Brazil. You know, uh, I went back actually twice now. So I've been back twice, and I think there's a lot of pictures out there. I, mean, I went back to my old apartment right before where they raided me near there and when, the, when they came to get me. You never told me when they raided you. Well, that's how they got caught on the street. They were, the, the day I was going to leave. Where in Brazil are you? I'm in Rio, Where right in... behind the Copacabana Palace. Okay. And you got to see, actually, for the people that have never been there, uh, you know, Rolling never, Stones. Were, Rolling Stones were there. They stayed at the Copacabana really? Palace. Uh, listen, Snoop Dogg's no dummy. What do you think he kept going to Brazil for? <laughs> the party scene is great. So you're, oh, so you're like in a nice ass area. Oh, I'm in a great area, and and well, maybe you know, that was part of the issue why you got caught. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know what the problem is. You know, you're out, and you, you know, it's hard to stay low down, and, and yeah. because you get comfortable well, after yeah, you a have while. Money, and, and your money was probably worth a lot more there. It was back then. It was like two and a half times. I think it's four times oh now. Oh, my God. So you could just stay at all these nice places. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. But, I mean, listen, when we had the uh, New Year's Eve party, yeah. we had it on the beach. I mean, there's literally a million or two people on the beach with festivals and drinking. And if anybody had never been to Brazil, I mean, you, you got to be careful. Don't wear jewelry, whatever you do. But they have samba. 
you know, the samba uh, yeah, the, yeah. During, during the carnival for the mm -hmm. month. It's just party all over the street, everywhere. It's chaos. I mean, it's just chaos and fun and, you know, and, and the only thing is it's dangerous. They got bands. But a lot of the kids, they all knew me. All the young kids, they'd be robbing people left and right. I walked around with an $80,000 diamond Rolex. But I had friends there that told everybody they didn't call me a gringo. They would say, no, that's, that's not no gringo, that's John. You know, they knew me from, yeah. you know. So, so you know, I, I got, you know, I started knowing the right so people. So then when you got raided at the behind the Copacabana. Oh, they came with everybody. Military police, helicopters, snipers. <laughs> you know, I was done. So, you know. What, what are you thinking? Like, who did you first see? I didn't see anybody. I heard, it was silence. That's what my friend was on a telephone. Oh, we were shit. visiting my friend, uh, Susan. And we just came out of a house, and he went to the phone booth to call her. And uh, so when he was on the phone booth, I'm just standing He didn't there. set you up? No, no, he didn't set me up. Forget it. He went crazy. He was pointing at me. It's him, because they weren't sure 100% it was oh. me. <laughs> you know, and they're like, are you John Lee? I wouldn't answer him. And they told me, you know, lift your hands up and go on your knees. So it says, you know, you know, so. And I'm like, I didn't move. And they thought I was being a tough guy. I wasn't. I just didn't care. It was like, you know. You wanted to get killed by firing squad, basically, because yeah, you yeah, think your life's yeah, over. Yeah. So, uh, but he, yeah, he was, he was, a, I mean, I don't blame him. He's a regular guy. And, you know, when they came, he was petrified. <laughs> but oh, there was, it's a four lane, I think it's four lanes, maybe even five, behind the Copacabana Palace. It's, uh, and it's just so loud and there's no exhaust systems on the buses and there was no, no noise. And when it was quiet, I looked up and I see all the people looking out their windows. And I'm like, uh-oh. And now, the, you know, the, the helicopters don't come on the street side. They stay on the beach side. On the, it's the, the block down because, of you know, obviously it's dangerous. They'll crash. And the, the helicopters stay along the waterfront to stop robberies and drownings because mm -hmm. the water's rough. When I seen them on the building side and, and you see those hats backwards, <laughs> you know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They probably had red dots on me. I don't remember that because I was too nervous. But, you know, you, you look and you're saying, oh, this is over. And, you know, you got all the military police behind the, the fast, they got the fast um, arm, advan arm advance, and they're all running behind it. And they're all, you know, you're done. Anyway, that was it. So, so what, are you, what are you thinking at that point? You thought you were going to beat the case? I was thinking about just two days early. I was in <laughs> on the beach with a couple of beautiful women. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's there, not happening for a while. There's the, there's, there goes the happy ending. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it was, it was terrible. And they took you straight to the, that jail? No, they don't take you there. They take you to like a, they took me to almost like a factory. And, it looked, and I swear to God, <laughs> if you didn't know anybody, you'd think they were going to shoot you and kill you. Because oh, really? it was nobody there. It was deserted. You weren't scared no to die on. at that point. When they were bringing me there, I thought I was going to get tortured. I really did. Oh, I mean, anybody shit. could say anything they want. I wasn't really scared of getting, dying when, when they were going to shoot me there because it was kind of like you were giving up thinking your life's over. And it wasn't, you know, it, it's not a thought process. It's not like you're sitting there going, mm, you know, should I put my hands? It just, I, it's just the way I reacted. But when they brought me to that building, yeah, I was nervous because I said, oh, they're going to torture me here. You know, and then, you know, at, at, at that point, they moved me from there to another place to a hospital to check me physically. Then they brought me to Agua Santa the next day. But they put me in a cage before that. I was shit in a rug and in a, in a rag, excuse me. And there's God that walks above you on a, on a, a cage that's above you. And it's, it's, listen, it's hell. It's nothing that you'll ever experience in these jails. Yeah, it's like, you know, what you see in the movies, I say it all the time. 
like a concentration camp. And then, you know, your mind is like, what happened to the Falls of Iguazu? Everything was great. <laughs> or if you ever go to Argentina, like, you know, people that don't know Argentina, you go to dinner at 10 o'clock at night. No, I know. Same yeah, thing in yeah. France. You don't start till one o'clock in the morning, the party. And we're out until eight, nine in the morning. I'm like, wonder why nobody works. <laughs> Who's going to get same up? Thing. It's the same thing in France. Yeah, yeah. And everything in Brazil is a holiday. I mean, I, yeah. there's, you know, there's, there's no, got to no. be 40 holidays. No, there's these Latin, yeah, these Latin yeah. root. But, but they Latin got the, you want to hear something? They got a, in a way, they got the right way. Because they, 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 they don't work. They only work to, to live. You know, here yeah. we live to work. We all we do is want to go to work. Yeah, but I will say, and this is coming from someone who's I have literally have a French passport. I think sometimes, like especially French people, they just take it to another level. I mean, yeah. they'll do they'll do anything they can. They'll they'll go on strike, but they'll also refuse to work. They'll they'll go on strike about getting a pay raise, but they also will never. They don't want to well put in any hours to work. France anyways, ain't known with. for the country of love for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're all fucking. Yeah. Nobody's going to work. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. That's true. I was staying in this little room, right? In, Where in, in Paris? In, in Paris, right? And really nice. Do you, you know which neighborhood? Um, you know all those things. Very expensive neighborhood. Where I was staying naturally. <laughs> so, and I was staying for what? I mean, a small room. The sixteenth. You know, remember? You know how it's the, the uh, numbers. I always forget the name of it. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of it, uh, the name. I was going to say, uh, that's not the name. Not far from where the trains are, where the train runs, uh, the cross-country train. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I always forget the name of the neighborhood, though. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm living in this little thing. You look out the window, right? And I'm on the first floor. So I look out the window. There's this old man in the, in the garden, right? So he, he, he can look right in my apartment. So I go to the next apartment, and, I, and then I go up one level yeah. right and, and this is true the guy's on the on the balcony and he's with a woman right on the balcony not giving a shit like nobody can see having <laughs> sex on a balcony and i'm like well this is france all right you know you're in france oh for sure and then you go down the the, the what do you call the the red light district of france with all the shows and everything yeah all the all the sex shows so i must have stopped in a hundred of those <laughs> I was losing my money in all those places. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, this is incredible, friends. <laughs> I might have stayed there. So that, that's a close second to Brazil, I think. <laughs> when you say, where do you want to live? I, I don't know. They're all, listen, they, and, all, and France is beautiful. You know beautiful. that. When you go on, a, on the coast. I go and wait, a, in the and, south. Yeah, that's in the south. You know, you know where I'm going to be in a week? Oh, you're going to Nice? Right on the south. Uh, I'm going, uh, I'm going to, flying into Paris on Wednesday, going to basically like very near Saint-Tropez on, I sound like a dickhead, on, on Friday, and then uh, Marseille a week later. I need to check the books again to see how much we're really making here. <laughs> I thought I was getting short of this last couple of months. <laughs> and don't tell me you're taking a private jet. <laughs> you see what I told you about business, you gotta run it yourself. Uh, that's so funny <laughs> yeah uh, I, yeah it's beautiful there i mean beautiful. listen all those places uh, uh uh you know i mean i loved italy i was all over italy you know so i went from there greece yeah. you know in, in i mean greece is beautiful too beautiful, i mean listen beautiful. europe is beautiful people that don't know how know. to travel like for some beautiful. reason in this country when they live in new york to go over the bridge to jersey is like a trip <laughs> 
I, they're like, oh my God, that's why like I left the guys in our neighborhoods. I know, I know, I know. That's all they know. They have no clue to fly over to like, you know, I went to, you know, Geneva. I went to, you know, Switzerland. I went to Germany. And, you know, when we're going, you know, I, me and my sons we went to like 10 countries. And, you know, we're going from country to country. Most people don't go to another state. They don't really experience these countries. No. They're so beautiful in Europe. No, and I, I mean, personally, I feel very lucky that I can do that. But I think that anybody who, uh, who's privileged enough or has that, that opportunity, it's, it's eye-opening, you know? Well, this is why I talk about inner cities. Give them a chance yeah. to, to see something. Those kids, I mean, literally, I, I truly believe that if those kids, um, you know, were fortunate I, uh, to be in those positions, they would learn so much just from seeing how different people I'd operate. like to take 20, 30 gangbangers from each city South, south yep. side of Chicago and get a guy like LeBron James or anybody them and tell them, listen, how about you just finance them mm -hmm. to go to a couple of countries out of this yeah. country just so they can see what the opportunity is. I would be happy say. to pay tax money if it was that. 100%. I agree with you. you they, know what I, they could raise that, taxes if it was right. for shit like that. Yeah, if they raise... If I could choose to do that. Well, listen, there's, what is it, 350 million people in this country or something? Something like that. Okay, so say we're off by a couple of million, it's 300 million people. If they raise our taxes, everybody, just $200, and, they, and, and please, politicians, stop stealing our money, and give the 200 each to all these kids, yeah. and give them, you know, because in Europe, you know, be, you know what they do in Europe, right, to the kids that go to school? They give them a certain money to travel. You know that, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the reason why they do that is because they want them to experience the world. You know how much that would be? 200 It would be two. My phone's not working. But yeah, that would be it like... It would be a lot of that money. That would be... A <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story is that... Wait, let me do it real quick. See, when I was run on the run, I used to travel everywhere. But the problem is now I can't travel. You know, I travel, but you know what they torture me when 70, I travel? 70 billion dollars. Yeah. Imagine if we just chucked in $200. That, that, could, that could finance all the inner city kids' trips to Europe for... Joe Biden. Stop giving our money to Afghanistan and Iraq <laughs> and everybody else, please. And, and and whatever climate thing you're doing that no one's following in China. I says you can't even see it so foggy to <laughs> give that give those billions to the kids so they can go travel. Really, they should do that. No, that that would be a good idea. I but mean, um if you get each kid to travel from the neighborhoods from a certain age for a month and let them see look, the world. I agree, I agree. That should be part of the American curriculum. Really should. Should should shouldn't be able to get your GED without doing that. A hundred percent. Um yeah, you traveling these days, I feel like, is a hassle now. Oh, my God. My kids get a kick out of it when they travel with me. So, And this is for people listening. I mean, you've told me a little bit. Um, so you still have... It's like when they swipe your passport. You have a passport? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, all your list of... One of my... I got oh. a legal passport now. I had a lot of illegal ones. <laughs> Did you ever get to keep... you have pictures of those? I'd love to see No, them. they got them. Oh, you, I, they found a million pictures of me with different oh, hair. So I funny. changed my hair blonde, earrings, oh, dark hair. I cornrolled my hair oh, in Jesus. Jamaica. They did it for me in Jamaica. They really? Yeah, I really liked it, actually. Yeah. So it was good. <laughs> um, wait, so so when, when they pull up your passport, your long list of... Uh, accolades comes up i guess because when they well i'm on homeland security list and i'm on uh what's the other one on uh, national security list so you know i'm on those you know no fly this that so wait so like because th for the average person like myself who like goes through security and you just give your passport so you give yours and they're like <laughs> yeah toys and i'm always putting, putting in the room 
<laughs> I'm like a bad boy that gotta go yeah. put the face in the corner. So then when you so then when you go in the room though, so what's like some of the questions they start asking? Uh, you? Most of the people that stopped me, like there was a woman that stopped me in the last time, and she knew who I was, watched my show, and she told me, she goes, It ain't that I don't trust that you're doing anything. She goes, I know you got a different life. She goes, but you're never going to get off this this list. It's very hard to get you off. You can't. This you can't list. get a lawyer that gets you off it. I don't know. I mean, I, I got to go for money. I go and see if I can get off. Wait. So then, so what kind of questions do they ask you though? Why are you here? Where, you know, the typical. Why are you here? What are you doing here? But they don't ask you that many questions. I'll tell you how it goes. When they pull you in a the room, they don't ask you anything. They're gone for like an hour, two hours, or three hours. Oh my god! You just sit there. So then they come after that. Are you with anybody else? No. Well, sometimes they the pull other former up, criminals. Well, they pull people over whoever going through for whatever reason they're grabbing them, and usually I'll tell you what happens when I go in a room. There's ten or fifteen or whatever, and you see them all leaving but me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And 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 here's the thing: the good. Th there's only one good thing that comes out of this. By the way, when you pack, all you got to do is grab everything and just throw it in a bag. Don't fold it. Don't do anything. <laughs> Cause they're gonna go through it anyway and wreck it. So, oh so whatever you get anyway, you just gotta iron it because they wreck my yeah. stuff. They go through everything. Wait, so then, so then, say you have like a, an eight o'clock flight and you're not gonna be able to make that eight o'clock. No, flight. yeah, if it's an eight o'clock flight, I gotta get to the airport about three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I get there five hours. Wait, before. so, so is that what you do though? I you actually get, go there, there early. insanely early. Early, yeah, I try to get there before everybody. And else. you, and so usually these days, if you get there really early, you'll be okay. Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, it takes, it to, listen, one thing I don't do, and I told whoever books me, like, now that I'm doing this filming, I told them two things. I want business class. <laughs> Number one, I don't like stopping. And do not get oh, me yeah. a layover because they hold me. Oh, and yeah. And if you get me a layover, I'm going to miss the flight, and it's a disaster from there because they go through and they hold me. And so have you, ever, have you ever, like, gone to the airport, you go in, <laughs> you go in that room, and you miss your flight? Yeah. I was just, I was in Kosovo, you know, and... From Kosovo, we were going to Denmark, right? We were going to visit Klaus. And we had a reunion, all of us, and I don't know how many, it was about 20 of us. So when we go to Kosovo, here we go, we're going, we land, as soon as we land, I forget where we, where we stopped. And that was it, they held me and we couldn't get there. And, there was, and then my son, Matt, my son, Matt cracks up. I go, cause he knows, I go, here we go again. And then when I came back to the United States, he's starting to wait for me, I go, don't I wait for me. I feel like they're more brutal when you get back in. Well, they, you know, no. they, they bothered my son a little bit, but then they let him go. And then I, he goes, what do you want me to do? I says, go home. I might be sleeping here tonight. <laughs> so then he came back like four or five hours later with my friend, uh, my friend Londi came to pick, I think it was Londi that came with them. They came back later on to pick me up. I go, I'll call you when I'm almost done. But they, it's a hassle, you know, and, hassle. and seriously, the worst thing is, and I ain't kidding, you might as well not fold your clothes because they, they, they just go through it all. <laughs> So I just, you know, I go in my drawer and I just throw, here's your underwear, here's your socks, here's your shirts. Just throw it all in the bag and good luck. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they'll ever take you off that. I mean, they ain't got that many years left. I might be dying pretty soon. <laughs> I've been in the hospital, four operations. I ain't the youngest guy around. I go, listen, by the time oh I get off, God. maybe, <laughs> maybe you're like, all right, listen, he's off. <sighs> Damn. Yeah. It sounds like such a pain. Oh, it's a pain. It really is a pain in that. That's the one. That's why I said, like, you know, people ask me, like, I don't like flying, but a lot of times I always drive back and forth to Florida my whole life. But it ain't worth it to me because if you go to the airport, you got to go two, three you know, hours early. Yeah. Then you got to wait for your flight. Then you drive, you know, your flight's two and a half hours anyway. And then when you get off the airport, it's the same crap again. <laughs> so it's 10, 12 hours. 
you might as well drive 10, sleep, you know, go to sleep, you know, five, six hours at night, you know, 12 to six, seven in the morning, and then finish the ride yeah. the next day. Because if they're going to hold you up, it's the same thing. You know, it's a 15-hour day. What was some of the worst interactions you had at the airport, like, when you were active? I'll tell you a good one. Here, here's the okay. best one. I go to Brazil, and now my friends, Klaus. This, and this is when, when you're on the run or no? No, this is last year, uh, right. right before COVID. So two years ago. And I tell them. If I go to Brazil, they're going to hold me. No, no, no. And I'm telling them, come on, we're all going. Everybody's going. Right? There's going to be like 15 of us. So I call my friend up, right? And I say, hey, Frank, something's wrong again. They're going <laughs> to hold me. He goes, you sure? I go, listen to me. Now I'm going to tell you why. I go to the money exchange booth, and I'm going to exchange money. And there's three or two or three people. Well, just say two. Maybe it was three, but it was definitely two. <laughs> so I wait online. I'm exchanging the money. And I look at looking at the computer. She's looking at me. She's looking at the computer. Now there's people behind me. And she goes, after like fucking around for like 15 minutes on the computer, oh, my machine's down. I can't help you. I can't exchange your money. So I'm like, well, what's wrong with this guy's thing? His computer's working. Just get it from him. So I know something's wrong. Yeah. She goes, well, you know, I can't help you. You're going to have to step aside. She goes and wait for my computer to go. So I'm like, she's full of shit. So I get away from her and I get on the phone and I call my friend. I go, they're going to grab me. He goes, how do you know? I says, because there's a guy right next to her, his computer, all she had to do was go from there. So I start walking through the airport and here we go. I see one security. I see they're all looking at me. I'm walking. They're all following. They're gathering up more guys. And before you know it, here they come, seven of them, surround me. Put your hands up. <laughs> Put my hand. I, and, and you know what I was saying to myself? I says, God forbid they bring me back to that jail. That I was in, that warden will kill me. He hated me. Really? Oh, yeah, because, you know, we went after him. He went after us. It was crazy there. So I was like in a little bit, I was telling my friends, listen, call the lawyers you can get, but you better call a lawyer before I go sent to that jail. So what do they do when they, like? So they hold me in a room. They got me in a room. Same thing. I'm in a room for like three hours. So this is Brazil going back to the States? Or the yeah, States? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I was going back to the States. This is Brazil going back to the States. Oh, so it's worse. It's way yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now... I'm sitting in the room and they're all talking to me about, you know, murder, this, that, the other thing. And they're saying they don't have the paperwork that, you know, that I, I says, listen, you le I left the country. You, you sent me out of the country. And they're like, well, we don't have the papers here. But this is at night, too. This is not early oh in the day. So everything's closed. I'm like, these motherfuckers, excuse my language, if these fuckers send me back to that jail, <laughs> I'm done. I mean, I'm really done. If that same warden's there, I'm finished. I mean, he's going to kill me at, at worst, get a really, really bad beating. You know, so, you know, anyway. So then anybody, what happened? I'm not going back to Brazil no more. <laughs> so then what happened? I got lawyers and stuff. And uh, they, my friends got them. And they came oh, in. With, yeah, they, they got there within about two hours. That's and, and Yeah, yeah. And they straightened it out. And they told me, okay. They said I could come back after that. Once I left, all paper, but so you, I'm so not you, going back. I'm not gonna, no, I can't take a chance. So you missed your, uh, so you missed your flight, I reckon. Of course. And then, and then they get you. You know what I did, though? The good part of the story is, honestly, after they let me go, I went to the bar. I had about six martinis. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just down and up. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Man, that is, that's brutal. Yeah, but wait, when you were back, like, active, were you taking, you were hopping on planes? When I was active. When you were active in the mafia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was always I was did you ever get any issues there? No, nah, not really. I mean, even when I left the country, you know, when I left the country, this is after 9 11. 
Think oh, about this. Right. And I brought $60,000 taped to me. You did that? Yeah. And I don't know how I didn't get caught. I had it on me. I had 60 grand on me. Where in your waistband? Yeah, I had a, a money belt. I had a money belt. I had money in my pocket. I gave it to a girl to hold some money for me. I had a little money in the bag, but I had a little sixty thousand. Their, their machines weren't good yet. Yeah, yeah. But do you imagine sixty <laughs> grand? You could bring anything on that they don't even catch it. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. This is when you were going on the run. Yeah, but I got you know I could tell you a lot of good stories about how guys smuggled things because they were all in jail. With yeah, me. please. One guy was making you know you make the statues, the ivory statues. Yeah. He made statues, little statues, and they were really underneath it. It was you know it was molded clay. You know, hot. They hardened it, but inside down. is all cocaine. I mean, really smart. Another oh, so guy it, made so it was too thick to be picked up on these well, on the machines. Obviously not. He got caught. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, they got some good gimmicks. Another guy was making soap, regular soap, like ivory oh, I soap. Like soap is pretty and good. And under That's the soap, a tough one. and the reason why the soap was really good is because it stops the dogs from smelling it. Oh, you know how he because they have the scent. And you know he got caught. Oh. Think, think about how he got caught. That's, they're saying, why is this guy bringing him back so much soap? <laughs> That's how he got caught. They cracked oh open one of the, the, the oh things my. and got the cocaine. Oh, he was done. I'm trying to think of some of the other stories. That's jail is right off the bat. Oh, it, it ain't, it, those are concentration camps. It's yeah. insane what goes on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You know, I sent you paperwork. You remember yeah, you yeah, read yeah, the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. They said they didn't let one advocate group ever in my prison. And it's in the documents. 84 my, pages. Yeah. Not yeah. one, not one advocate yeah, group so. ever entered my prison. The soap is crazy. What an idiot! Yeah, I'm trying to think there was other. Why do you bring so much soap? You should have. It really made sense. <laughs> you should have said, "My family don't wash." That <laughs> I know. What, what could be your answer for why you have all this? No, soap? I, I really don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> so the statues, the soap. There was another good one. I figured. What's the best a, one you ever used? I never did anything like that. You know how we used to do it years ago when we first had it? Because years ago, now when I'm going back in the early mm. 80s, we used to get the stewardesses and the and the pilots to bring it for us. Because oh, yeah, they didn't get they checked. Get, yeah. They didn't get checked in those days. You didn't have, you didn't bring too much, but you give them like two, three, oh, four, yeah. five keys. That's you can go up to five keys. Yeah, you, but you know, they had to be like a ballsy stewardess. Because if they get caught, Oh, we had them. Everybody did. And you pay them crazy money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, mule, well, it's not really crazy mo money. Like... If How much you paying a steward? Well, you, you, back then, I think they were getting about five, which is big money, five grand a key. So, you know, wow. it wasn't bad. So if you yeah, bring four them, or five keys, 25, that, you know, back then, yeah, it's like that's like 100 grand. Something, yeah. yeah. So we do that trip a and couple times. And just chuck it in there. Yeah. I didn't like, I never liked doing things like that because it's the unknown. You don't know who's watching, who's surveilling. Yeah, 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 and it yeah. was easier for me to do it the way we did it. We just drove it. You know, we you know we drove it from Florida back, and it was oh, we had mules that would drive. I didn't drive it myself; I had guys drive it. But what we would do was follow the car, oh, you know, because yeah. you can't trust them. We want to make sure they they're really getting you know bringing the stuff back. Wow. And then I had my cousin that worked for the Detroit mob. He used to dr drive it in, but he had a route that he was doing with this guy Pete. So you know you had those, and then you had uh, you know Mexico. We were bringing it in, but mostly we were bringing in uh, you know weed. Not really coke. Yeah. We would sneak a couple kilos in, but it wasn't the big move. The big move was the weed. We'd bring in tractor trailer loads of... of uh, Has coke of always been the most profitable drug? No, nah, weeds... You know, for for my business, I was in, a, in more in the coke business. I was in a weed business too, but not to that extent. You know, my cousin was. He yeah. ran it for us, yeah. the weed. But the, the coke is big money, but weed's got big money in it. It's not what everybody thinks, especially the, uh, you know, when you, you know, the, uh, what do you call, that you're growing indoor. 
the you know the, the hydro. So you know some of the hydro pounds at sixty five hundred a pound. You know there's a certain amount of leaves they grow a, a, a season, and you know it's costing you whatever five hundred. I don't know what it costs because I didn't. Mm. I wasn't good with that stuff. But guys that work with us, they did it. So you know some of the hydro that wasn't that good was thirty five hundred a pound. The others five thousand, six thousand. But say on an average four thousand. And, and it's costing you nothing. It's all profit. Yeah. And, you know, the charge isn't as serious as the Coke charge, obviously. Oh, right. So, I mean, back to the, you know, what we talked on the other show about a business. I mean, if you're business and business minded, it's very easy if you're not greedy to maintain that for a lot of years. Right, right, right. But the problem is everybody gets greedy. Everybody gets, gets bigger greedy. and bigger. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you never did no, no dealing of heroin and. Yeah, he moved to heroin and w with the guy that I was bringing in. And I wasn't big in the heroin business, but they asked me to do it. And I brought it into Rikers Island through guards. And we did it in pieces. And again, like, that wasn't my business. I didn't know how to cut heroin. I knew how to cut coke. I knew how to recompress it. You know, we'd go into the kitchens and, and you know, I could make a ton of money off coke. Because you're taking one, if it's, if, it's good, if it's good quality coke, like we were getting, you can bang it one to one. In other words, one key, and we can make a second key and recompress it, Interesting. Uh, rock it. Because back then, people thought if it was rocked, it's good. People didn't know. They had no knowledge. Oh, you, you break it open the way it sounds, the way it looks, that's fish scale. You know, there's different look. Actually, yeah, I got good, like a scientist. <laughs> and you, then, ever, you, know, you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, I love that show. That's my favorite oh, show Oh, he's ever. the best. We right, were doing well, the meth labs. Walter over here. <laughs> yeah, Walter. Yeah, Walter. <laughs> hey, Walter. Yeah, I had the meth labs that were good. And I love when he had the mobile meth labs. That was good. You ever, you ever, and the chicken you, man. And, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great show. Yeah, it was good. It's good. You ever you ever deal with meth? Don't put me in those bad say to no, mind again. All know. that money, thinking about all that cash. No, it's crazy. Well, you know what? There's so much residue. This is another thing oh, people right. don't realize. When we used to leave, we had one factory in Brooklyn that we used to cut at. That was one of the factories. And we'd have, you know, masks on because it's too much coke. You get high just fucking smelling it, not snorting it. <laughs> Although one of my partners would, would bag, bag a quarter. You know, we, have, we, we used to put in little, <laughs> in little packages. He'd take a quarter, he'd bag a quarter. He'd take a quarter, he'd bag a quarter. The funny bastard he used to love. Listen, we used to have some crazy parties. So <laughs> that's why when they talk about sex parties, trust me, what Coke, it definitely <laughs> has the parties. Back in Studio 54 days, oh my God. I was a little younger then, but you know, it was still yeah. popular. It was crazy. Wow. You know, but you know, it, it you know, but that residue, let me, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Is it stays on your clothes, it stays on your <laughs> on your uh, money. Oh, so are you Oh really? Oh, it's it's on everything. You can't get rid of all that powder. So it's all you, over. You would, would you wear? A so like, say you get pinched, and the, and the police take all your clothes and everything. They, they'll, there'll probably be a half a key between your clothes and your money and everything. I'm exactly. So, I, so how, you put on like a little suit? No, I'm just saying <laughs> we didn't give a shit. But we still, we would start cutting up at nights, and then we'd have a party at Frankie Scarpanito. He's dead at the White Horse. He died a heart attack recently. <laughs> Well, he was a good friend of mine. He was one of the guys that got involved. You remember we did a show when I said the undercover? Yeah. He was one of the guys that got locked okay. up. But anyway, we have parties at his house. After yeah. we finished cutting up, we'd have parties at his Shit. house. And we have a million girls there playing strip poker with this. Before you know it, there's 30 people all over the floor. Forget <laughs> dying about, forget dying by someone trying to kill you. I don't even know you didn't have a heart attack. Well, I didn't. I, here's the thing. Like when people try to say that, I didn't do it like that. They did, though. 
I always had pretty good control because I wanted the money. Yeah. I never had no weakness with it, yeah. really, you know. Did I ever use, did I ever try? Of course I did. I never lied to anybody. But there's guys, like, if we tell some funny stories, like Anthony Ruggiano when he's telling <laughs> stories, or, or Robert Ingalls, or, oh or, or Larry Cucarelli who passed away. I mean, he died of a heart attack. And this is the reasons why. I mean, you're fucking up. No, no yeah. shit, they'll die of heart attacks. And don't everybody say, that's why I had a heart problem. <laughs> that's not why I had a heart problem. You guys ever deal with... um? Psychedelics, yeah, sure, yeah, mushroom. Remember my era? I'm in the '60s. You ever do? I'm, I was a little young in the '60s, but we did. Let's we did Black Beauty, uh, you know, speed Black Beauty pills. We did uh, mushrooms. We did uh, not ecstasy. What was the other one? We Psychos. Did? What is it called? Um, uh, uh, which one? LSD. Oh, LSD. Yeah, LSD. Everybody Psycho. Did. What is it? Psyllabin. Psych. Yeah, but there's something else we used MDMA. To do. We used to do uh, DMT. Man, it would it, it would make you laugh like crazy and stuff. Uh, acid? Oh, it's a form of acid. I just I can't remember the name of it. Mescaline? Molly? What? Mescaline. Mescaline. Yeah. And I don't know much about mescaline. Either did I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, but you guys. No, Molly's like your guys' generation. Yeah. I never did Molly. You know, like. And you, but you guys would, but and you're dealing with those or the the main. We sold everything. Play? Listen, there ain't nothing. Quaaludes was big in our day. Oh, Listen, you ever watch one of those movies when the guy's like, you know, it's like, look, I got guns. I got. He opens his long jacket. Yeah. <laughs> He's got. We had everything. <laughs> I mean, you wanted it, we had it. There's an area by where we live. Everybody that knows my neighborhood, Woodhaven. There's an area called the Dome. You ever watch? Uh, what was that the show, uh, Walter? With when. Uh, they fight all the gangs, gangs, not gangs in New York, but they had the Jets and they had the, the Sharks and they had their face color. It was a popular show years ago. Warriors? The Warriors. Okay. There was an area up in the, really yeah, good. You're good, good with trivia. Oh, yeah. What yeah. the fuck happened? So the Warriors, but there was an area by where we live called the Dome, yeah. right? You pull up in that parking lot and we used to have concerts because, you know, you're talking about the late 60s. Yeah. And everybody's high on LSD. They're doing mess. They're doing coke. They're smoking weed. You know, everybody's the, the, the Vietnam times and all that. So when you go up there, you can buy anything you wanted in baby carriage lane in the dome. I mean, it was crazy how we grew up. And they want to know why all our friends are fucked up or dead. You know, really. It was no, yeah, and then, you know, we're, and we're all, you know, young kids and we're all around this. And we're watching killings. We're it's watching draws. It's chaos. It's, really, just, it's just chaos. I wish I had videotapes that imagine you can imagine. Imagine the dome back then. Oh my god! Oh my forget god. it! Forget it! It was just. It was insane. I mean, you think about it, and everybody goes like, you know, because we nickname our, you know, neighborhood Death Haven, and people from my neighborhood are, are you know, some people. Yeah. Like you know, what are you talking about? Why are you calling it Death Haven? And I'm like, I don't want fucking neighborhood you grew up in. <laughs> but everybody died. Not not just by getting killed. But by drugs, yeah, by accidents, yeah. by firemen that died. Like Jimmy Young was a great how, kid. I always wonder how you're still alive. Well, you how know, the fuck? Just God, because I'm here to do what I'm doing now, help kids. Listen, look at what the show does, really. And, and this is on a serious note. We, are, we advocate against bullies. We advocate for inner cities. We advocate against anybody being racist. We advocate for gay rights, le lesbians. Uh, L, uh, transgenders, we have TT. We advocate for positive li living, right? Nothing negative. So when people advocate for, against domestic violence. We also give a lot of insight to history, mob history, yeah. obviously. 
Look, I mean, look, there's a, you don't have to convince me. I, I do the show. I know exactly. But yeah, you're right. I mean, look, there's a lot of, there's. Well, like, you know, you, the problem is like when someone says about domestic violence, I don't lie. I go, yeah, I, 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 I unfortunately raised my hands to a woman when I shouldn't. So I, I talk against it. When I talk about the police, I'm not talking about, by the way, when I always say pro-police, I don't, I'm not talking about pro-police against the inner cities and everything is what's going on. I'm talking about, you know, I, I want to see adjustments like everybody else and rhetoric. That doesn't mean, to, you know, let's hate each other. It means like it's good to have these open conversations so things are better, whether they're cams that the police use, better decision-making for all sides. But all I say in general, people are good. I don't look at things that people are bad. Some people say, oh, it's sunny, it's cloudy out. No, I say it's half sunny out. You know why? Because when I was in those jails, and I, t I told you this, yeah. when you go to the beach, man, that beach looks so much nicer than it used to because I didn't appreciate things. Yeah. So when I'm talking about the things that we talk about, I just advocate for positive. And it's also, I mean, your relationship with your family has changed. Your relationship with women has changed. Your relationship with um, probably business part. I mean, everyone, you know, you're... Well, I come from a dysfunctional family like most people. A lot of people, I don't got the perfect family. I love my family. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're all dysfunctional. We're crazy. And that's just part of being honest, though. Yeah. You know, a lot of people can relate to that. Nobody's family's perfect. So, you know, I just try to be honest and go, hey... This is the reality of life. So what? That's the answer. So what? What's the point? What's the point of the negative? What do you want to hear? You know, so I think that's why, you know, a lot of the people that do watch us, watch us because they know, like, listen, we're being genuine. We're not yeah. being, like, full of shit. We ain't the perfect human beings. We made a lot of mistakes. And you know what? I hope that we're helping people that I know we're helping people. So many people that write me mm -hmm. for different reasons. You can't talk about drugs unless you were involved with drugs to an extent. Like, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, a lot of politicians, they can't understand what Anthony Ruggiano can understand as a counselor mm -hmm. to these young kids. Or they can't understand what Robert Engels can understand. Or they can't understand what I can understand because of where I ended up in the street, in the gutter. It's shit. So when we talk about like Ellie Horn or one of these guys, of course I got respect from. Look at he's living a good life. He's doing positive things. Why am I going to re respect negative things when, mm -hmm. you know, now I can be a, a, an adult and say, hey, we have a responsibility to these kids to stop bullying and give them confidence to know that somebody that's bullying you are just weak. 100%. And I think that. Uh... And, and the most important thing we could teach them about traveling. <laughs> Don't travel the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's chaos the way you travel. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's it for today. Again. Quick reminder, and speaking, just piggybacking off that last thing John was saying, um, you know, and we talk about the Patreon, and the Patreon's great just because we are able to uh, kind of nurture and create those relationships with some of our most uh, loyal and longtime fans. You know, we have so many, uh, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but a lot of uh, great people that uh, subscribe to the Patreon uh, that do a lot of great work, um, social work, therapists, nurses, um, engineers that follow us which is always crazy to me you know to to think that you know these are smart people that that are just as interested the way that i first was when uh you know when i first started learning about this part of history um so again it's a really great opportunity to, to kind of call in and talk to us and get to know us and uh ask us all your questions you get bonus content all that good stuff so 
always plugging away the Patreon because uh, it really is great. And I uh, and the platform is fantastic. You know, it's the app is really easy to use. The website's great. Um, I believe they should, or you can probably put a setting on where you get notified every time you post on there. So uh, all that stuff is really good. And it gives you a direct line of communication to us. Um, so for all of the Q&As, we can call you, all that good stuff. So go check that out. Uh, and then you've been staring at this book for about an hour now. Um, as you were in the previous episode. Uh, so go buy it if you are interested, obviously. Mafia International, it's uh, it's John's newest and latest book. A lot of you have pre-ordered it, and I believe that those pre-orders are in the process of being shipped out, if not already being shipped out. So uh, if you already ordered one, be on the lookout. It should be coming very soon. And if you are interested in ordering one, go to johnalight.com. You can get just the book. You can get the book and a signed, or you can get a signed copy of the book. Uh, you can also get an inscription, so a personalized message uh, that John will be signing for you. Um, and so go check that out. All of the merchandise, bats, photos, all that good stuff, johnalight.com as well. And then I believe that's about it. I know for me, you can follow me on Instagram at felix.levine. I also have my YouTube channel for my show. Uh, please make sure you check that out. I have an interview with John that I did. That was the first time John and I ever met. Uh, way back when, which is uh, one of my most popular episodes. So go check that out. Follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. And you can follow John at True John A. Light. Go follow our page on Instagram that we're going to be trying to post more on uh, at Mafia Truths with John A. Light. If you're listening to this right now, uh, we just figured we just had, we had some issues posting the audio versions of the episodes, but uh, that should be fixed. So um, that will be more consistently posted. Uh, and if you're listening to this, please rate and review five stars, all that good stuff. And, uh, I think that's about it. Thank you, everybody. We'll and see you quick, after our European travels. Yeah, we're, you, John and I are going to Europe for a while. Chevy Chase is coming with us. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, uh, keep on the lookout because in the new year, uh, we're going to try to, uh, do some of these meet and greets or live podcasts. These are something that John and I are going to be talking about very shortly. Um, so that'll be pretty cool to do some of these episodes with a little bit of an audience. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, let us know just so we can kind of gauge the demand. Um, and uh, it would be cool to get to see you guys. It would be cool for you guys, for whoever's interested to, to watch these shows happen in live. So check that out. Or let us know if that's something you'd want to check out. Um, anything else? That's it. Beautiful. Have a great summer, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.